This is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Now it's time to enter into a world of innovation, a world of human struggles, heartbreak, and achievement. And most of all, a world of wonder. Welcome to CT Startup. Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast, an insider's perspective on the startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems. I'm Chris DeMauro with Sublime Exposure Online. And we're here with another Eric, uh, Eric Knight of Remarkable Technologies. How are you doing, Eric? Good, good. So uh, Remarkable Technologies, not kind of the uh, average kind of name you you kind of hear, but uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, kind of, uh, because you're an inventor, you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of a mentor. That's kind of how we got uh, connected. So uh, just give uh, your elevator pitch of uh, who you are. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, most people know me as an inventor, and Remarkable Technologies, a company I formed 24 years ago, and it's my platform for uh, launching new uh, products and services that I invent. So as an inventor, I'll come up with a product or a service. I'll patent it or protect the IP in some in some way. I'll then uh, sell the IP, license it, or spin it on to a new company. And I've been doing that over and over and over. And uh, that's what I do. I'm also an angel investor. So I try to help out as much of the Connecticut ecosystem as I can. And uh, I'm also, as, as you'd mentioned in your intro, uh, a mentor uh, as part of the uh, statewide uh, Connecticut ecosystem uh, supported by CTNXCI. And every Wednesday and Thursday, I provide open office hours at the Reset Business Factory in Hartford. So um, amongst other things, that's kind of what I do. Yeah, again, as an entrepreneur, you wear many hats, right? And, yes. And uh, throughout your life, you've uh, you've definitely done so. So it's kind of interesting, is, and I kind of want to point this out, is that with a startup ecosystem, you tend to um, find the same people around, um, but you also see them in different lights. So, for instance, we first met as a uh, mentor-mentee relationship, right, back right. at the Reset um, sure. you know, Accelerator program. And I was just telling you right before this, right, like I remember um, – the, the moment when you got your patent for your latest kind of venture and your latest kind of uh, invention. And it was just interesting to see, like, as a mentor, you know, you're giving me advice, advice, then all of a sudden you get very excited about the entrepreneurial aspect of it again. You're like, oh, my God, we're right back into it. Let's go. Let's go. And so. As a serial entrepreneur, <laughs> I mean, I get as excited as I did. I, I've been doing this a long time, but I, I look at it as I'm just getting warmed up. You know, I have uh, when something big like that breaks. Uh, I'm as excited as a, as a little kid. I mean, these things, for instance, when you mentioned the, the about the Alzheimer's treatment Yeah, yeah. So, so first, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was something that I've been working on at that time for a number of years. It's now about eight and a half since I started working on that. And when something gets through the patent office and a patent is issued and uh, I can see the runway for it, it's a pretty exciting time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so before we get into kind of uh, the guts of the conversation where I want to kind of go with you as a mentor in the ecosystem and you in the ecosystem in general, um, obviously we want to hear a little bit about the Alzheimer's stuff, right? Like, tell us uh, as much as you can about it, kind of where where it is and what stage it's at and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, it's uh, the, the patent and the invention is based on using radio waves and a wearable device. They think of it as like a bathing cap that has little uh, flat antennas. You wouldn't even see them. They're embedded in there. And a patient uh, would use and wear this for an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon, 
and the radio waves is de are designed to prevent the aggregation or the stickiness of the uh, proteins of these beta amyloid plaques in the, in the brains and in the, in the synapses of the brain. And the idea is to halt the progression of the Alzheimer's disease. So the thought is, uh, it's, it's not a cure, but if someone is diagnosed with it, it would stop the disease in its tracks. Almost like if you have, if, you know, you don't, people don't die from AIDS anymore, fortunately. Mm -hmm. yep. they, it becomes from a, used to be a terminal disease, it's now a chronic disease. The thought is with this invention, if it all works, is to turn Alzheimer's from a 100% terminal disease to a chronic disease that is managed and halted in its tracks as long as you undergo this treatment. So the uh, invention is now patented, and I've uh, collaborating with the, the the pioneer in this field, who I had read about eight and a half, almost nine years ago, a scientist who was doing research in the lab. Name is Gary Arendash, Dr. Gary Arendash. In uh, he was in the University of South Florida, and he was doing research on mice using radio waves, and he discovered that these radio waves would halt the progression of Alzheimer's, and especially bred mice. Mm -hmm. And my aha moment while I was sitting there on the couch reading this uh, information is how I could scale that up to be used on humans. And some of my, my background is in designing uh, antennas for, for everything from aerospace projects to other, other ventures. So it's like putting together uh, you know, peanut butter. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like you think it was like, you know, some, I put uh, peanut butter and chocolate together for the first time. Something that was being done in the lab and something that was being done in aerospace, and I stuck them together for the, in, in for the hopeful treatment of this. And right now we're uh, in midstream in a clinical trial uh, with 12 Alzheimer's patients. And we're starting, they're starting to come out of the trial, and pretty soon we'll start seeing the results and how well these Alzheimer's patients. This is all FDA-approved, you know, clinical, formal clinical, phase one clinical trial. And um, we will know soon whether this has uh, a beneficial effect on Alzheimer's patients. So it's a very, very exciting time. Nice. So, so it literally, you were just reading an article, and you had the kind of the aha moment? That's I mean, correct. was this a disease that affected your family? No, it's just okay. something that, again, as an inventor, we... Us inventors really don't kind of wake up in the morning thinking we're going to invent something. Things occur to us, and I and was we just stereotyping yeah, all inventors yeah, now. Yeah, so. so so there, and so I was I was just reading an article, and I and it just it just clicked, and I said, "Aha!" Uh -huh. uh -huh. It was literally a aha moment, and that was and that was it. And then I went in my basement, in my little laboratory, started putting something together. My wife knows when I have the certain look in my eye that I'm, oh she got have, okay yeah, yeah okay. okay I'll see you in a little while <laughs> and I started cobbling something together and within a day I had a you know a, a crude prototype started doing some testing and then ultimately filed for a patent on it to try and protect uh, the technology that I was putting together again and a long road uh, from, from that first moment eight, on eight the and a half right? years from that to where we are today yeah, and okay. from that aha uh, moment on the couch mm -hmm. so it's it's actually and one of the reasons why I think this is very relevant especially talking to you as a mentor is that as, as somebody who, again, um, you know, got a lot of mentorship throughout the, the ecosystem and continues to, it's always interesting to or fun to see, like, the mentor, again, going through the same process as you are. So, so I mean, again, three years ago, you had, we got the patent issued. But then there was still a long step of finding Absolutely. the partner, and then you know we, we'd catch up six months later, like oh we, we got we got the partner, but now we got to do the press release, and we got to do this, and then so it's yeah. it's it's always good to kind of see that, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. I think it's what good mentors never lose sight of what yeah we're we're involved in it daily. So what I do when someone comes to me with with a need of some sort, I put myself in their shoes. What would I do? in their exact same circumstance. Mm -hmm. So I just I do the same thing as if I had come up with that product or service that the that the other entrepreneur is looking at and I just describe and try to 
collaborate in that way to provide uh, whatever insights I can. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, kind of on that note, is that so the same things as as what we do? So, for instance, when we were in that uh, scenario, we uh, we were learning about the lean canvas, the business model canvas, and everything. Did you ever put it through that? I mean, do you like have have? And this kind of goes to over your. Um, trajectory as an entrepreneur, have you changed the methods in which you actually put an idea through yes, the testing? Yes, ab absolutely. Kind of the, the lean startup. I mean, I don't formally go through, you know, the business model business canvas. canvas. The, yeah. A lot of it's in my, my head, you know, <laughs> but the, the reality of, of when I, in my early days as an inventor and rolling out companies has changed. Uh, one, because many of the technologies that are available, 3D printers and, you know, uh, things that you can post online and be able to do test markets very quickly. So those didn't exist. So I've incorporated that into my process. But also the idea of learning to know what you're good at, knowing what partners you need to bring something to bear. In the early days, as an entrepreneur, I wanted to do everything. Mm -hmm. I learned the skill of making sure I brought on people smarter than me in different fields that to, to make a team. And I, that's also now I do it myself and I preach it based on my own experience of why that's valuable to the other companies and serve, you know, uh, people that I mentor. Actually, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit more about that point because that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, <laughs> average at most at best, um, but I am doing exactly that, putting together a team. And, you know, I'd like to hear some maybe a little more on your thoughts about how did you find the right people? How did you, you know, it's more than just finding someone who's better than you at a certain thing. You know, you got to find the people who believe in what you're doing too. Yeah. So how did you know, how did you it's, separate it's, it's those It's part people? of the network. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you kind of, when you bring someone on in a business venture, you don't just find someone, you don't just Google them or, or something like that. People that you know, either a direct, almost like you're dating, right? You want to meet people, see what their passions are, see how you align with them, just like you're meeting someone for the first time and wanting to go through the, that poor process. It's very much the same, same thing. So you want to make sure you click on, on all different dimensions because being an entrepreneur and forming a team and running a business is hard. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. The good <laughs> no days, everybody's way. happy, right? You're all just, just hanging out. The bad days is when you need, need to make sure that your partners are really strong, are resilient, have that same sort of... Uh, gumption and, and then you know never quit and that's really important to, to learn that up front to make sure that you're completely in alignment with that that the person or persons that you're bringing on board moxie if yeah, you will moxie you need that moxie i always look for a chance I to say that like word that. that's a good word <laughs> yeah. it's a great word yeah. and i and yeah. i assume you mean that and i said gumption i like gumption yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i would assume that that uh, also is the same thing for actual partners right like actual strategic partners yes. and, and so forth it, Absolutely. It's, just, it's the same thing because you're it, it, i mean what i've been told about it and what i now know going through the being three years with spencer and kieran and the guys it's right. like you're, you're you're basically marrying them you know yeah, like you're you're, you're, you're my, my fiance would maybe say that i'm with them more than with her yeah. um and i don't want to actually put the t hours in you know or to show the hours because i don't want to get to that argument with right, her right but um it is one of those <laughs> yeah. things that um you really have to look the, at like the, the team as so if i put my angel investor hat yeah. on and looking at team at, at companies that i invest in i look at the team as much as the product or service, in many cases, more so, you know, the expression is you'd rather have a, an A team and a B product versus a, a, a you know, a, a B team and an A, an a product. Because, you're, again, you're going to put money into a company. There's going to be good days and bad days. There are going to be changes and things that are going to happen that aren't anticipated. You want that resilience in the team to be able to, to take it, be able to work through it, fight through whatever that, that, that tough spot is in business. So the team's strength is as important uh, as anything uh, in, a, in a startup. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, on that kind of note, um, the startup ecosystem in Connecticut, um, you know, uh, there's been uh, a lot of talk about kind of how we're, we're growing. I mean, I, I guess the, the thing is that I want to hear from uh, your, your borderline personality, the sense of like the multiple hats you wear as an angel investor, a mentor, an entrepreneur, like over the past three years, let's just go back three years when we started the podcast. I mean, it's, mm. it's been that long. How... In each one of those <laughs> roles, how do you see the the evolution of the ecosystem? Right. Like where from where it was to where it is now? Yeah. Um, well, on those different dimensions, uh, the the mentorship area has grown immensely. There are a number of people who are giving of their time to be able to support startups, which is great. You really need that support network. Um, on the funding side, that is at its ups and downs, and, and, and also on the entrepreneurs coming out of the process is kind of ups and downs. I think you know, we have to nurture an environment where we bring more entrepreneurs kind of out of the woodwork to be able to, you know, it's somebody said there's, there's a lack of entrepreneurs in Connecticut. We're not sure. We were just having a discussion earlier today with another group. Are they there, but they're not present in the networking that we see, or are they just not there? We really don't know. We have to find out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Connecticut is, you know, has great education, smart people. There's, there's a lot of good things. The environment is great you know, great place to live. There's money throughout the state. Where are these things and how can we better connect them together? So I think we're still not firing on all the cylinders we could in terms of both the availability of funding and on those entrepreneurs that have those great ideas that maybe just hasn't, haven't connected with the, the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it does seem that like, er, like it, everything's bubbling up though, no? Like, I mean, everything has been trending upwards. I mean, do, you, do have you seen, or have you seen it more as like, again, like building a startup where there's been the the highs and the, the like the 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 valley the valleys and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think there's a slow progression yeah. upwards, but it's not not a steep curve right. right now. And I think we need to 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 bolster that in some fashion. So the number of deals that that I see and are involved in is is pretty steady. Uh, I'm a member of the Angel Investor Forum, uh, so it's one of Connecticut's uh, leading uh, angel investment group. Uh, in 2016, we did. I think we were involved in oh, uh, 12, 12 deals we supported. And last year, in, so 2017, it was 14 companies we invested in. So a little uptick there. So I'm not sure if that's statistically relevant. So it's pretty steady, and uh, but we'd like to see that uh, more robust. And we're just trying to find ways to make that happen. All right, so let's talk about how, like, so we're talking about the entrepreneurs, right? The chicken and the egg scenario of whether there's not enough companies to invest in or entrepreneurs, right? Because as an angel investor, you said you look at the team, not right. necessarily the that. So honestly, as an entrepreneur, sometimes I say there's just not enough entrepreneurs, right? There's not enough people that are bringing the, the, it to the investment saying, listen, regardless if this fails, we, we have this or we have that, right? We have a way to kind of move around. Um, or is it, the, again, the investors that just not, um, you know, I think it's the former. I think yeah. I think if there were more really strong, you know, top-notch ideas that were coming out of the woodwork, you'd find wallets that open. I think you'd find the investment money because it is here in Connecticut. So, my guess, if I had to make a guess, is that the energy on the entrepreneurship side has to step it up. I I think that's that's just my. Uh, I I think there would be support if there were more entrepreneurs. I think a lot of people would disagree. I I'm going to disagree right now. Okay. Um. You know, I so I do marketing. I'm a service company. I interact with a lot of startups uh, in every every stage. You know, and I mean, there's a lot of great ideas out there, 
But I think a big part of the issue is these guys are, don't know where to go to yeah. find it, you know. And and again, you know, we're talking about the generally people with the money. Yeah. They're older and they may not be utilizing the communications necessary to reach people. Um, that's not just we're not just talking about social media or email or even network. You know, networking events were the way. But again, you know, I'm working with a couple of different groups that are trying to get out there. You know, you go on their Facebook page and it's dead. Yeah. And if I'm an entrepreneur. And I go to something like that or a website that looks like it hasn't been updated in five years or what have you. I'm like, well, how serious are these? Where is the money? If they can't take the mm. time to, you know, why am I going to pay a fee to go to a meeting to sit down with them and maybe pitch my idea and maybe get money when it doesn't even look like. So, you know, to, and I, you know, I hear what you're saying, too. There should be more energy. There should be more gumption or moxie, mm. if you will, on the p- part of chasing the money. But I see it from the other side where. You know, there's a lot of this, well, they're not communicating the way we're used to communicating, and there's that disconnect because it can be a little discouraging. Again, you know, I manage some of these Facebook pages, and people reach out, and you know, or I go through the inbox, and it's like nobody ever responded to these guys for months. It's like, oh, three months later, yeah, sure, we're having a meeting coming up. You should come. So that's where I would, you know, I I wouldn't say that it's – that the energy isn't necessarily there. There's just a disconnect in the communication and the connection when we're talking about, you know, again, because there's, there's a generational gap, I think, too. Yeah, That's, there's, there's a number of facets to what you just said. Yes. So so let's let's break it down. Yes. So from the entrepreneur standpoint, looking actually. So if I put my uh, angel, my investor hat yep. back on. The, there are lots of ideas and there are there are oh, a lot, so a there lot of ideas. However, this is this is something that's systemic in this area that we don't see in other ecosystems. The ideas are ideas. Other ecosystems have businesses where they've seen a need or a demand, and those ideas are fulfilling the demand. We have here in Connecticut, again, I'm overgeneralizing, but there is a theme here that there are some great ideas, but they haven't proven there to be a demand. So what happens is we're looking at it as an investor and say, that's a great idea. What's the market like? I mean, do you know your people will buy it at the price you're thinking? Well, I don't, you know, we get a lot. I don't know. We haven't gone down that road that yet. That research is necessary to really find that there's a demand out there, an unmet demand for something that they're coming up with. That is a need that has to be corrected here in Connecticut, in my humble opinion, because then the, in, uh, the investors will look at it and say, okay, you built something, you found a demand, you maybe did some test, pro, you know, test marketing before buying it, now you need some money in order to really accelerate that. That's how the process normally works. In Connecticut, it's more challenging. Many times, it's an idea that they, they, they put some nice PowerPoints together, some pitch decks, had these great you know extrapolations of, of sales, but they're not based on actual fundamentals that the investor needs to look at. I think if we can, if the entrepreneurs, again, I play on both sides, so I can see both sides. I have to make sure that when I'm working on something that I'm, I don't just come up with some crazy idea. It's an idea that there's a market for that people will separate, they'll open their wallet and buy something. And I think that's something that in Connecticut we have to step up a little bit as entrepreneurs. I'm not sure where the gap is, whether it's on the education side for young entrepreneurs not understanding it. I can tell you at any given day, just even yesterday, I had three companies come to see me and all, all of them had nascent ideas. And the first question is, is where can I get funding for those? Totally the wrong question. 
But that's asking that's, the wrong question. Asking the wrong question. It's like the question should be: Are there customers there? Are people wanting to buy what you're doing? And I say, let's let's find out. Let's do some focus groups. Use the lean startup method. Do some tests. But people, I don't know what's happening. They're skipping that step. So that's why the 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 investors are not stepping up. And I think that, and for very good reasons. And I actually think that's a very good point. Uh, I think that's a very good answer to you know my no you're wrong uh, <laughs> but I, I i do want to go back to maybe that communication because maybe they don't understand how the importance of that step i and i, I mm. think again playing to what you just yeah. said you know they are trying to skip a step but there's also again they don't necessarily know that they need to do that they just i have an idea give me money right and that's, and that's, that be nice and that's, and that's that a natural that we great right. the world work that way so there's a step somewhere in our ecosystem whether our, our students when they're uh, in school and when they're what they're being taught or how they're being meant something's occurring where that very the most critical step is there a market there is there a need there and then you build it and then get fun it's it's, it's a gap and i don't i i, I I would love to know that. We just had a really robust couple-hour discussion here today with a group of uh, entrepreneurs and, and fellow colleagues just talking about this and how can, we, how can we address it. So I'm open to ideas, but that is one of the systemic problems we have. Yeah, and so, I mean, the, the ecosystem in, in our whole, like the, the service providers and the people trying to kind of um, – bring up these entrepreneurs have been addressing that over the past years. I mean, the fact that when I went into the accelerator three years ago, I came out of CCSU going to the entrepreneurship school and I, I probably wrote about 10 different business plans mm -hmm. when I was at college, right? I pitched right. many different ones. I was in business plan competitions that I won. I was in, that I never actually started the business. I, I was in pitch, uh, competitions that I won and never actually started the business. Um, and so I, Everybody has been addressing it, right? I mean, it, like it is all the people that are trying to bring up the entrepreneurs have been putting in lean, lean um, launch kind of mm -hmm. uh, programming or different accelerators to kind of address it. But I do think that, unfortunately, I think this is a systemic problem in general in the startup ecosystem sure. or, or kind sure. of ether is that they're so high school kids want to be entrepreneurs now not necessarily basketball stars or so forth. that's great i mean basketball stars want to be entrepreneurs now or they are now entrepreneurs afterwards mm -hmm. that's what they're sure. michael jordan made way more money as an entrepreneur than he did and so um one of the things is that um uh, you know one of the big things that I, uh, I would assume from a, uh, an angel investor standpoint is like you look for the grit right so i mean like yeah. if an entrepreneur came to you or with an idea or a presumable entrepreneur came with an idea and again, they didn't. You didn't. You you asked them. To, like, did you ask anybody if they would buy this? And they said no. You'd be like, well, come back, right? Absolutely, <laughs> come back. I'll provide some homework. Many times I'll say, you know, read the lean startup or uh, and go into an accelerator program like like you did. Find out. Get the mechanics of you know. Find out what you need to know, and then come back and see me. Yeah. And in many cases, I'll I'll be working with entrepreneurs for two, three, four years. They continue to come through my process. It's great. Like we've known each other for a long time. And I, any one time, I'm working with 100 to 200 different entrepreneurs going through this system. And I try to just part of it's education and and just support and and, and guidance. What I try and do is just flatten the speed bumps in the process. Yeah. But there are critical things that every, every business of any type needs to be able to do. And as long as those steps are made and the the person or team has the has the you know the, the moxie to to do <laughs> yes. it, I'm game to support it to whatever energy level they can bring to the table. Yeah, and so that I mean I guess the kind of what the, the uh, reasoning behind that question for me was that I feel as if the road bumps are an, a necessity. Like, like you need to go through the process well, of, yeah, of getting the no's, of going through the, like you have to, and, and, and even from uh, an investment standpoint, right? Like, 
I mean, I know we went out and actually tried to sell product. We got a lot of no's. We ended up doing some products. We ended up giving out product that we ended up later when we were doing the kind of the uh, the analysis of it. We lost money on, but still we got somebody to give us money right, for right. it. Um, and so it's one of those things where um, it's never an easy road and there's always going to be a hard moment. So um, even like the start, I don't think necessarily should be easy. Um, so that's, that's in my opinion, I, I feel as if the, the idea of like getting to the money shouldn't be as easy as maybe some entrepreneurs think it should be. No, you know, you with need, an idea like it's, it, it's, it, it need all, all these are prerequisite steps and it is hard and you have to go through and, and get no's and all that. It's, it's an experience being an entrepreneur is not easy. And uh, there's really, there aren't any shortcuts in, in most cases that somebody wakes up with a brilliant idea and, and some, you know, and then there's some golden road or something. There's fundamentals that have to be done. And the good news is that we have a really robust mentor network and an educational system that are working together, particularly for young startups, to help them discover these things early, fast, so they can get through the speed bumps as quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. And so another thing I feel is if maybe a systemic problem in, in, in the state, and you could probably speak more of this because you see a lot more entrepreneurs than me, um, is that the difference between like, when people think about like your startup, your, your, you know, I have to raise money, I have to 10X, I have to 100X, like it, it's mm. one of those things where, oh, I, I PO and in 10 years I got the, you know, hmm. I'm a unicorn. Um, but being an entrepreneur and having a startup couldn't be a new consulting firm, right? It could be a new way to do something that's more of a lifestyle. It's not necessarily it can, it like, can be anything. Like hire, having a five-person staff is still a nice, robust marketing. Business. Yeah. Well, I also ask people what is their goal when they come in. It could be a family business, and to them, they have a, a couple of kids, a wife, and for them, that you know, that uh, hardware store that they'd like to start or something like that. That's perfectly fine. And to them, their goal is to own whatever that business is. So my first question when I meet someone is, what success look like? What is life? We're meeting in a year. The typical question I ask, okay, we met today. If we met in a year and you had a really great year, everything came together and we met in that time, what would success be like at that time? Tesla Model S P 100. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Well, then I, I know, know exactly. Then I, then I know exactly what the slope, which is very steep, <laughs> would be at. But that's, but that's cool. But you just need to know that. And then you can, you know, so every business of every type has its own, you know, each personal circumstance is unique. And what success is different from one person to another. And I and I kind of bring that up is because you know the, again oh I'm a startup founder I work for a startup I mean you, you you're trying to start a business you work for a business so is it is is the almost the problem of saying we want more entrepreneurs is like hey we want more business owners we want people to kind of go into business for themselves I mean I feel like this sometimes there's like this like kind of this this aura around right. being a startup founder that right. makes it so unique and now I'm in this new like club of people that get to say that I, I'm breaking rules, I'm disrupting things. Right. Where it, it really is a case-by-case -case basis, right? Some Whatever's motivating someone, right? There is the kind of the, the you know, the, the, the whatever the word is for being the entrepreneur with the swagger and yeah. talking about being a startup. And then, but that's not for everybody. So it really just whatever's a personal success is, is, is what's important. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. So I guess um, when it comes down to being, um, you know, uh, in the ecosystem and, um, you know, your different roles, which role do you think has the most impact? Well, I think, well, I'm going to have to have, it's going to be two. It's going to be 
uh, as a mentor because these are all critical and I'm seeing lots of companies and helping get through and flatten those speed bumps so they can get through. So I think that's really great and really important. And the other is as an angel investor because at some point these, these entities are going to need money. Uh, the ecosystem we need to support and through again through as a member of the angel investor forum we try and support as many companies as we can so I think those are the two areas that I think are uh, that, that I really believe are, are the most important that, that I contribute to the to our ecosystem interesting so I would actually I'm gonna I'm gonna pull Chris and I'd say I disagree because I would say you as an entrepreneur I would say would be the best one because I think that one of the reasons why you're such a great mentor and even an angel investor is because you're still in the grind. You're still in it. Mm. You're still kind of slossing around, which again, I think, um, you know, a lot of, sometimes we see that there's not enough entrepreneurs giving back to the, to, right. to which again, you are right. There's a lot of people coming back, but, uh, but again, I just want to, you know, tip no, my hat to you point. because you know, you, you. you're still out there hustling just uh, like the rest of us. Like, so. like I said, I'm just getting warmed up and there's a lot of great things ahead and I just want to I just want to keep that energy up and help as many companies as I can and also be able to, to birth new businesses along the way and, and enjoy the ride. Very cool. So um, so we're going to have to wrap up, but um, Eric, it was, it was great talking to you and uh, we definitely want to follow up when you get the results of your Alzheimer's uh, um, you know, Stay tuned program. very soon. So and, and real quick, um, if someone wanted to reach out with you with an idea that they actually proven a market for, um, how would they contact sure, you? Sure. The easiest way, I keep an open calendar for the entire region, entire state. Someone just needs to go to www.resetco.org slash EIR, which is Entrepreneur in Residence. So again, www.resetco.org slash EIR. Anyone anywhere in the state can book time on my calendar. It's an open calendar, whatever is convenient. Time and day, put it in there and come by and see me. I'm glad to help. All right, very cool. Thank you, Eric. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. Finally, we would like to thank both Sublime Exposure Online and Mirtha Kalina for providing resources and space to CT Startup, which make the show possible. See you next week.